Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. Well, hi everybody. Uh, it's a real joy uh, to be able to just kind of share uh, a message that I believe is from God himself for you, for me, for us. Whether you're uh, in the room here or whether you're sitting in a room somewhere in Burgess Hill or Horsham or Worthing or Crawley or wherever it is that you are, I just trust that God speaks to you. And I'm just going to pray. Is that okay? I'm just going to talk to God. Father, I want to thank you that you're going to speak out of your grace and because of your grace into our lives, that we're going to see things in a new way that are going to change our lives forever. Holy Spirit, I ask you to help us not just hear what you're saying right now, but to digest it and to apply it and to live out of the good of it in Jesus' name. Amen. What a great big welcome. Uh, Thanks for tuning in today. Tremendous time of worship. I don't know about you, but in this season of grace that we're in, it's just so much easier or there is an ease in being able to kind of give God your best somehow. And I don't know about you, but our best seems to be getting better. Just the whole time of praise and worship, just kind of getting into God's word and just being with God has been such a joy. If it isn't for you at the moment, keep going. Keep going, keep pushing through because there is grace which will overcome your weakness. There's grace that will break through into whatever is holding you back. So we're going to travel together a little bit uh, today. I've got a, a whole load of scriptures, um, 90 actually. But when I, when I said to our IT guys, I've got 90, they almost passed out. So I'm not going to use all those 90. All I'm going to say is they're all in the Bible. Okay, Um, because as we've been hearing last week and for the last several weeks, actually, God is a God of grace. Yes, but also he's a God of truth. And because that truth is not just a theology, it's not just a doctrine, it's not even just the Bible, but the truth is a person. And that truth, as you know, I hope, is Jesus Christ. And Jesus never changes. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he will be the same tomorrow, which means his truth never changes. But I I just want to share just a couple of things that have kind of been my experience in the last week, if that's okay. Uh, Just about a week ago, uh, we were having a time together uh, as a a church team here, and, and I kind of just had this impression in my heart. It was in the middle of the day, so I wasn't asleep. This is what the Bible would call like an open vision. Maybe you've had those. I have no idea. Um, but I, I don't get them often. But this one was, 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 was really powerful in terms of what happened to me. And I was in uh, just a room with a bunch of guys. And within a, within a moment of time, I was just very aware that I was standing in a field. Uh, everybody knows what a field is. Uh, hopefully you've got fields around you or maybe you live in one. I have no idea. But there was just this field. And I was just aware that I was in the field and there was someone who was way over the other side of this field. And as I just looked uh, over the distance, I realised actually it wasn't just a someone. I believed it was Jesus. It was the Son of God. It was the Saviour. It was 
God's son he sent. However you want to describe Jesus or however you know Jesus right now, I just believe that it was Jesus. And between myself and, and Jesus in this field were thousands, tens of thousands probably of broken bottles, uh, jagged bits and crushed bits and smashed bits and half bottles and full bottles, just broken bottles everywhere. And, and I was just like, what, what is going on here? Who, who grows bottles for goodness sake? It's like, this is just really strange. But I began to realise that these bottles represented certain aspects of, of how my life was. Um, there was fear there, rejections there, and there was angers there, and there was defeat there. And there's all kinds of things that had made my life very sharp and very edgy. And as I was looking out over the field, I, I saw this person who I believe was Jesus actually get down on his hands and knees, get down almost laying prostrate and crawled over all of these shards of glass towards me. And something just broke on the inside of my life. Something happened on the inside of my heart. I just couldn't get why Jesus would literally crawl over broken glass to come and be where I was. And I don't know how long this took, but it might have been a, a half a minute or a minute, I don't know. But what happened in that moment was Jesus actually stood next to me. Then he picked me up and carried me back over all of this brokenness and the damage and the, the sheared and the fractured. But everywhere that Jesus had been, his blood covered it and his life had covered it. And I'd been asking a question, maybe like you have, I don't know, over these last few weeks, some amazing messages that God has brought us through, some amazing people who just made themselves really open and vulnerable. And I was asking the Lord, what does grace look like? What, what, what is it? And it's that, in this vision for me, this is what grace looks like. Grace, I understand it, and you may have heard this before, forgive me if you have, but it just was a new reality in my life. G is God's. R, his riches. A, at. C, Christ's. And E, expense. G-R-A-C-E, grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. And as we're journeying together in this culture of grace, like Pastor Clive was talking last week, Jesus came full of grace, this amazing favour, which looked like compassion and was expressed through miracles and healings and just being in people's lives with a view to seeing them changed and transformed. That was grace. But also he never changed who he was. He never was less than he ever has been. He was fully God and he was fully man. And in this moment when Jesus crossed over this field of corruption, if you like, he was the truth when he left one side of the field and he was truth when he arrived with me. And when he picked me up, 
In other words, when I gave my life to Jesus and surrendered my life to him, he took everything that I was and exchanged it for everything that he is. And as we kind of just journey through some scriptures today, I just pray that the Holy Spirit helps you to see not just who you are, but whose you are. So we're just going to have a look at some scriptures just to explain this kind of vision for me. God gave me this scripture from Ephesians uh, chapter 2. And Ephesians is a great book. Uh, if you haven't read it, it's in the New Testament. Uh, the guy that wrote it really knew about the grace of God and the truth of God. But he also knew who he was in God and who he'd become because of God's grace and because of truth changing his life. And the writer of Ephesians says this in chapter 2, For it is by grace that you've been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are, you are, God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared for us to do in advance. The amazing miracle if you've given your life to Christ, is God has a plan for you. He's got works for you to do, but he isn't just interested in what you do. He's interested in you. And when you gave your life to Jesus, you may remember the day, you may not. He gave everything he is to everything that you are now. In other words, the old has gone and the new has come. And we're gonna look at some biblical reinforcement for this because maybe you haven't given your life to Jesus yet, but let me tell you, whatever field you might be traveling in at the moment, maybe it's a field of adversity or rejection, or maybe it's a field of anger, or just it's a field of a bit, whatever it is that the field that you're in right now today, if you put your faith and your trust in the grace of God, and in the truth of who Jesus is, he will literally crawl over broken glass to come and touch your life and change you forever. So let's keep going on with, with what I believe God wants to say. You see, some of these bottles, for me anyway, were guilt and shame and fear and rejection, just wrong thinking, wrongdoing. And God knows all of those things. And the incredible thing about this season of grace, as we'll discover, is that God knows what you're like and he knows what I'm like far more than I do. I think I can keep God. You can't. God is a know-all. God knows everything about everybody. So God was really smart. When, when I became a Christian and when you became a Christian, he didn't just take my worries and my concerns to the cross. He didn't just take my fears. He just didn't take what I was good at and what I was really rubbish at. He just didn't take those things. He took me. How do I know that that's true? Well, Galatians, which is another great little book in the Bible, says this. I have, you have, been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me and for you. I do not set aside the grace of God, 
For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. And says amazing truth in that little scripture. Because God loves you and because God loves me, he gave. But he didn't give because I deserved it. He actually gave because I didn't deserve it. He didn't give because I'm, I'm a rubbish. He actually gave because he is so good. So grace and truth, actually, they're not based on our feeling or our success or our failure. Grace and truth are part of the person that Jesus was, Jesus is, and Jesus always will be. So when I gave my life to Jesus, and when you gave your life to Jesus, and maybe at the end of this, you may want to give your life to Jesus for the first time. Here's a reality that I discovered, is that my past becomes his past. My present becomes his present. And my future becomes his future. So everything that I was, God takes it and he gives me everything that he is. So here's a challenge for you and for me. It's a very simple challenge. But when men and women believe, men and women receive. And what is belief? Very simply, it's when I see so much goodness and greatness about who Jesus is and what he's done in the truth, and I'm reading it and I'm just meditating on it and I'm just memorizing it maybe, there's a decision that goes on inside my head, which is, that's me. I don't feel like it, maybe I don't act like it, but God says that's me and God says that that's you. And God doesn't lie. So I'm just going to take a really short break from talking because I want you and me just to respond, okay? And I do this a lot. And I'm just sharing with you some of the things that I do. But whether you're in the room or whether you're watching on your screen, is, is I just want you to just pause just for a moment. And it's just some simple things that I'm going to ask you just to think about, maybe speak them out if you want to. I'm just going to give you some time after we've done this just to consider a few things. First thing is this, I am who God says I am. I am who God says I am. Second one is this, I have what God says I have. I have what God says I have. And I can do what God says I can do. I can do what God says I can do. So for those of you that are in the room here, you're in, in Horsham Congregation or you're in Crawley, just take a time in your setting, maybe on your own for a minute, just speak that out over yourself. Yeah, I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. And I can do what God says I can do. If you're watching us and joining us online, do that as well. Don't worry if people are going to hear you. Uh, David, the great king of kind of ancient history, great king, he wrote a tremendously powerful psalm, Psalm 145. 
which starts, I will exalt you. And what I love about that is David knew how to talk to himself about the truth of who God was. And he didn't really know Jesus like you and I can know Jesus today. So I'm just going to pause for a moment while you just speak these three things over yourself. Then if you want to, and if you can, speak them out over the people that are around you. If you're around tables, around your dining table, maybe around a coffee table, or maybe it's just you and a screen. Put it on the chat. Somebody will answer you. I'll see you in a few moments. Well, that was awesome. Uh, a great sound when you do that, just affirming uh, God's truth and God's reality of who he says he is and who he says you are. But we just want to journey a little bit more together. Is that OK? So Jesus said this amazing thing to his followers, his disciples. Uh, it's in the book of John. And uh, John was one of Jesus's followers, uh, probably what the follower that kind of knew Jesus the most uh, in the Bible. It says that, that John laid his head on the chest of Jesus, which wasn't anything really particularly, it wasn't odd. It just meant that his, his relationship with Jesus was heart to heart, heart to head. He just knew. He just had got such an understanding of the amazing person of grace that Jesus was and truth that Jesus represented is that he inclined himself towards it. He wanted to be engaged with it. But John says this uh, in John 8 verse 31, and this is Jesus speaking. He says to the Jews who had believed him, so there's faith here with these people. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Just, just repeat after me, you will know, you will know the truth. Awesome. What that word know means is be intimate with it. Is that it's not just a head understanding. It's actually more than that. But there's a heart understanding. It's actually more than that. It's a heart embracing. It's a life changing intimacy, interaction, if you like, that our lives in Christ as Christians become solely dependent on the person of Jesus. The relationship, this tremendous invitation to intimacy that Jesus has given out to you and to me, that is going to include how we know the grace of God, but also how we let the truth of who he is dominate our innermost beings how we think, how we speak as a result. What we feel, what we believe is that truth, the truth of Christ in us becomes the dominant force, if you like, the reliance, the support, the strength. I, I love this other picture that, that God gave me many, many years ago, that when the Holy Spirit comes, it is the power of God. When the Holy Spirit comes, Jesus said he's going to come to comfort you and to help you and to guide you. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that all these things, all this stuff that God has done in my life, and they're amazing. And we're going to look at just some of them today and a few more next week. But all these amazing things that God has done in my life, I don't even have to get it all in terms of I know it or understand it because the Holy Spirit helps me to, to grapple with the truth, to become a reality. And I love the fact 
that Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to come and love you, but he's also going to come and defend you. The, the word for the, the Holy Spirit is paraclete, the one who walks next to us. So like the one who walks over the field and then he stood next to me and then he carried me back. He's, he's not just the one who comes to walk next to me or you, but he comes to defend you and defend me. And that in Christ, oh, the person of Jesus living inside our lives, he does that abundantly. He loves you. He loves me. And he will defend you and he'll defend me. So God wants us to have a fresh intimacy with our minds, with our hearts, with our spiritual life on the person of Jesus and the person of the Holy Spirit. Because what Jesus said in John is when we know the truth in these increasingly intimate ways, freedom is the result. You see, when you became a Christian, when you gave your life to Jesus, Jesus, the freedom fighter and the freedom winner, came to live in you and came to live in me. And here's another amazing picture, and I hope that it helps you. It helped me, is that Jesus living in your life and living in my life brings us freedom from the inside out, which is why sometimes our feelings don't always match up. Even our emotional life, even the way that we think, doesn't always match up with the reality of Jesus, the grace and the truth, which is why we need to become intimate with Jesus and intimate with the living truth, that truth, that word that was made flesh. So it's a little bit like this. I've been talking to some, some of the people that have just joined up uh, to be part of the, the Pure Desires groups. So and I've done two or three of those and the amazing outworking of the grace of God. But I'll just give you a little example of, of what it can feel like. We all know that when we've done stuff that isn't great and it isn't God's best and we can feel all kinds of things. But the reality is that when you gave your life to Jesus and he gave his life to you, he's opened up the prison door. He's flung it wide. But we can sometimes walk around and around looking at the walls, looking at the reasons why we can't be free, maybe looking at the reasons why we shouldn't be free, maybe looking at the facts. But the truth is in Christ, there is freedom. In Christ, there is now no condemnation because condemnation speaks about punishment, doesn't it? But Jesus didn't come to punish you or punish me. He actually came to punish sin. So we dealt with it on the cross. So there's an exchange that goes on. And Pastor Clive mentioned it very briefly last week. And for me, exchange is, is simply this. Uh, I, I'm, I'm fairly simple with how I walk with the Lord. Uh, and I like that. I like it being simple. But here's a simple reality. When I was born and when you were born, we followed a God and that God was called me, myself and I. I pleased myself, I did what I wanted and I liked myself or I didn't like myself, but that was the God that I followed. That was, that was the way that I thought, the decisions that I made, things that were going on in my own heart. I just kind of did my own thing. But when Jesus comes into our life, we don't serve the me, myself and I. 
we follow Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And this exchange means that with Christ living in my life, Christ living in your life, if you've given your life to Jesus, I don't have a life of denying self, but of self-denial. It can sound like, well, that's the same, isn't it? It's not. I know that there's nothing good within me, but Christ is now in me, and he is more than good. He's gooder than good. I've just made that word up, sorry. He's better than good. Christ in me is the hope of glory, God's best, his goodness, which when I gave my life to Jesus, and when you did, if you have, he gave you his very, very best. And he exchanged all of who I was for all of who he is. Isaiah had this tremendous understanding many, many years before Jesus appeared. And it's, um, you might know it actually, it's quite a well-known scripture, it's Isaiah 61. Verse 3, and I just want to emphasise one word. I'm cutting a little bit into a verse, so forgive me for that. And this is talking about Jesus. He's going to provide for those who grieve in Zion. And maybe you're grieving a bit today. Maybe you're just going through a tough time. Maybe you've lost someone. Maybe you've broken up. With, I, I have no idea, but grief happens. And sometimes you can feel like you're wasted or you've just struck out or you're just at the end of the queue. Or maybe you feel as if you've just burnt out and given the best that you can. Well, let me tell you something, my friend, because I felt like that once. And then I suddenly realised that when Christ comes to live in you and when Christ came to live in me, and this is what it says in Isaiah. He gave me beauty instead of, just say instead of, because sometimes we think as well as. But no, Christ in you gives you beauty instead of ashes. He takes the ashes and exchanges it for beauty. It goes on and says, the oil of joy instead of mourning. Maybe you've got grief, upset, hurt, worry. Maybe you're just grappling with the things of life. And you think you're just a mourner forever. And let me tell you, in Christ, as a Christian, you've given your life to Jesus. He gives you the oil of joy. He pulls it down. He pulls it in. He pulls it in instead of mourning. And a garment of praise, this is so amazing, instead of a spirit of despair. Not as well as, instead of. Now, I spent a bit of time looking through some tables, contrasts. Actually, Pastor Colin wrote an extraordinary book. You might have read it called In Christ Jesus. Uh, it's kind of been my life book for many, many years. I read it probably once or twice a year. But in... in, in uh, the second half of the book, there's, there's, a, there's two columns. Uh, one is the old nature, the me, myself and I. And, and the column next to it is the new nature, who you are and who I now am in Christ. And that's going to come up on the screen in a moment. I'm just going to read through some of these because they are like chalk and cheese. So that the old life, 
full of envy. The new life is full of love. The old life was very boastful. The new life is really joyful. The old life was proud. The new life is patient. The old life had a tendency to be rude. It was just in its nature. Couldn't help it, if you like. The new nature is to be kind. The old nature was self-seeking, me, myself, I. I either want to be in front of people or I want to hide from people. But I was really important. Whereas in the new creation, Jesus in me is really important. There's a whole load of things here, but you can, you can look at these on the screen and uh, they'll be up on the website afterwards if you have a look. So here's a scripture from Colossians. I'm blameless and free from accusation, especially if you're on your journey of discovering just who Christ is in you. That even though you're dealing with stuff, going through issues, going through turmoil, going through torment, I have no idea, but Christ still wants to come and take your life exchange it for his and then live in your life full of grace and full of truth. Maybe you've got issues in your marriage. Maybe you've got just challenges in your parenting. But let me tell you, with Christ in you, he stands between you and the accuser. Now, I don't mean some person, but the, the Bible speaks about the devil being the accuser. That little whispering voice that is always saying, well, if you're a Christian, la, 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 la. If people knew what you were really like, la, 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 la. If people knew where you're a bit, la, 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 la. And sometimes if we listen to the wrong message, we live the wrong kind of life. What gets our attention usually gets our affection, which is why these messages are so important. Because God continues to talk about you like this. I'm firmly rooted in Christ and I'm being built up in him. I've been made complete in Christ. I've been buried, raised and made alive with Christ. And since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your me, myself and I. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry, all out of the book of Colossians. And I'll show you what that means. I've got my Bible here which is great. The Bible is full of truth. And I've got one of our Thanksgiving cards that we used in our service in Worthing the other week. It's actually got a good one. Uh, somebody that was prayed for a little while ago that had a heart condition and the Thanksgiving card basically says, I'd like to praise and thank the Lord for healing. Had a scan of my heart and it's all clear. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's the grace of God, right? Just happens to be in the Bible. But imagine this, this scripture, your life is now hidden in God being Christ. This is your life, my life, flapping around, doing whatever it's doing, success, failure, 
good days, bad days, whatever, doing what it likes, doing what it doesn't like. And this is Christ. And when you became a Christian, right from that moment, it's like your life has now disappeared into his. Everything that is truth is now in your life. And guess what? Your life and my life is now hidden in Christ. Now, I know sometimes we have a moment and little bits of us stick out. It's like, oh, my goodness, I shouldn't have said that, thought that, believed that. But the grace of God and the truth of Christ in you doesn't come and break it off or cut it off. He loves you back. Why? Because the truth is, is nothing can separate you or me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So I'm just going to ask you to respond again, whether you're in the room with me or watching in your own rooms or watching uh, in another congregation. Here's a question. Which side of these columns do you belong to today? It's a good question. A second question is, which side do you want to belong to? All right, so two questions there. Which side do I now belong to? And which side do I want to belong to? And then we're just going to come back and round this off. So I'll see you in a minute. Great. So hopefully um, you, you've all kind of made a decision. Yeah, actually, that's the column that I want to be in or that is the column that I'm in, which is awesome. I'm just going to read out a whole load of scriptures to you now. Uh, I'm just aware of the time and I don't, I don't want to spend all of the time just chatting. I just want to share truth about Christ in you, to you. Is that OK? So here we go. You ready? Because this is going to top up your innermost. It's going to help you grab the truth in a new way. And all these things that I share from Scripture are all true about you because Christ is in you. You're an expression of the life of Christ because he is now your life. You're chosen of God. You are holy and you are dearly loved. You've been given the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. You've been saved and set apart according to God's plan. You're now a member of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. You are loved. You have life. You have been redeemed. You're chosen and appointed by Christ to bear his fruit. You've been given glory. You've died with Christ and died to the power of sin that rules your life. You're now free from sin and now a slave to God. You are free forever from condemnation. You are more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you. You're victorious through Jesus Christ and you are led by God in a triumphal procession. You are a new creation. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. You've been redeemed and forgiven and his lavish grace has been poured on you. You've been raised up and now sit with Christ in heaven. In other words, 
in Christ, you become not just something that God wants to see from afar, like the field picture, but you're a trophy of grace. The truth is, my friend, is that every moment God wants to polish you up, polish you up from the inside out. He wants to polish you up through the word, polish you up through the spirit of God, polish you up as you rub through life. He wants to polish you up and show you off to society and say, I can change this one. I can live in this one. I can take this one on an incredible journey. So in conclusion, as we just pull these things together, in Christ Jesus, there's a simple choice to make. And God helps you and helps me to make it. Every day I can either go my way, famous song there, wasn't it? I don't like it, to be honest. I can either go my way or I can go Yahweh. If I submit and surrender to the reality that Christ now lives in me and I surrender myself to him, he will lead me. He will lead you. He will take me where I can never go on my own. Not only will he cross the field to come and find me, but he'll take me across other people's lives so that they can find him too. So I'm just going to close with this. It'd be good if we could all stand up for this bit. I'm going to stand up. Hopefully I don't disappear. We do a tremendous discipleship course called Freedom here. We haven't done it for a little bit, but we'll be doing it soon, I'm sure. And I've taken one of the powerful declarations that we use as part of that out of week eight. And I just want you to repeat this after me. And I hope this works. This will also come up on the screen, okay? So you're ready for this, because this is we're going to declare and speaking out truth over our lives. I am blessed with God's supernatural wisdom. And I have clear direction for my life. I am blessed with creativity, with courage, with ability, and with abundance. I am blessed with a strong will, self-control, and self-discipline. I'm blessed with a great family, good friends, good health, and with faith, favour, and fulfilment. I am blessed with success, supernatural strength, promotion and divine protection. I am blessed with an obedient heart and with a positive outlook on life. I declare that any curse that has ever spoken over me, any negative word that has ever come against me, is broken right now because I am blessed in the city. I am blessed in the country. I am blessed when I go in 
I am blessed when I come out. Everything I put my hands to is going to prosper and succeed. For I am blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord some thanks and some praise. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.